No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we begin the book of Isaiah. Isaiah prophesies to Judah for over 50 years. He calls the people to turn from their false worship and to do what is right. He gives the clearest picture in the Old Testament of the coming one who will save the Jews from their sins and be a light to the Gentiles. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Darrell begins the book of Isaiah on Simply the Bible. Today we begin a journey into the past and into the future. What makes the Bible so unique is that it dares to tell us what is going to happen before it happens. God even declares that this is how we can know that He is God. He says something and then brings it to pass. Now, much of the Bible deals with prophecy. In fact, in the Old Testament, we have the law, the writings, and the prophets. We've covered the law and the writings in our program, which includes the poetic books. Now we turn to the prophets, beginning with the prophet most quoted in the New Testament and the longest of the prophetic books, Isaiah. We cannot understand Bible prophecy without also knowing the world events occurring when it was written. The prophet speaks to these events and then beyond them, even in the near or distant future. The prophet deals with three realms. First, there is the realm of this world. Politics, nations, and culture make up the kingdoms of this earth known as the world. Jesus said that the devil is the ruler of this world. Second, there is the realm of the kingdom of God. Now, this is where God is moving and interacting with human beings in the present. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is in your midst. It exists within us and without us. In God, we live and move and have our being. Third, there is the realm of eternity. Now, this is where God dwells. He sees all of time from before creation through eternity future. The prophet of God sees into all three realms. And this is what makes Bible prophecy so unique and fascinating. We will see that Isaiah was very much involved with the kings of Judah that he mentions. In fact, tradition tells us that Isaiah was of royal blood and a relative of King Uzziah. Therefore, he had access to the kings of Judah and spoke directly to the current political situations and the national threats. But God also gave him vision into the near and distant future. He saw God's plan for all generations to redeem Jerusalem and all mankind. Isaiah's name means Yahweh is salvation. And he spoke with great detail concerning the life, death, and messianic rule of Jesus Christ. From Isaiah, we know that the anointed one would be both the son of God and the son of man. We also know that he would be the suffering servant who would bear our iniquities and save us from our sins. There are 66 direct quotations from Isaiah in the New Testament and an additional 19 allusions. 20 of the 27 New Testament books contain direct quotations. Finally, Isaiah has much to say to us today. 
As Isaiah wrote, during a time when people were turning away from God, he called his nation to repentance. Likewise, we are living in a generation that has forsaken God, and people are doing what is right in their own eyes. Israel was a nation with a godly foundation, and we have been blessed with a godly foundation in America. As with Israel, many in America today have a form of religion. They go to church and profess to be Christians, but their hearts are far from God, and they don't live any differently from their unbelieving neighbors. As God cried out to his people to forsake their dead forms of religion and truly worship him from the heart, so he is calling to us today to do likewise. Isaiah chapter 1, the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Isaiah was a prophet to Judah during the reigns of four kings, spanning over 50 years of ministry. These were not the darkest days of Judah, although the shadow of judgment was over them. The Assyrian Empire was the terrifying menace from the north. During this time, the Assyrians took the northern kingdom of Israel captive. Uzziah was a very popular and good king who reigned in Judah for 52 years. He did make one serious blunder by intruding into the temple and offering incense, which only the priests were permitted to do. And as a result, God struck him with leprosy. After this, Uzziah's son, Jotham, judged as co-regent until Uzziah died. Isaiah probably began his ministry shortly before Uzziah's death. Then Jotham reigned 16 years and was a good king. But his son Ahaz was a very bad king. Ahaz closed up the temple of the Lord and they began to worship pagan gods. He sacrificed his own children to Molech in the valley of Hinnom. He led the children of Israel into abominable practices. During his reign, the king of Syria attacked Judah and took a great multitude of them as captives. Also during his reign, the northern kingdom of Israel began to attack and in one day killed 120,000 of the people of Judah. It was a time of moral decay and military weakness. Ahaz was followed by Hezekiah, who again was a good king. He destroyed the idols and the high places where idolatrous sacrifices were being offered. He initiated spiritual reforms and pointed the people back to the worship of the Lord. At the death of Hezekiah, his son Manasseh came to the throne, and Manasseh was extremely wicked, probably the worst of all the kings of Judah. According to tradition, he had Isaiah put to death by cutting him in two. Hebrews 11 refers to those who by faith were sawn in two. That's probably Isaiah. Verse 2, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib. But Israel does not know. My people do not consider God calls the heavens and the earth to the courtroom. Evidently, the people have stopped listening to God's words. So he calls the heavens and earth to be witness to his indictment against his own children. They have rebelled against him. 
Now, an ox isn't very intelligent, yet it has the good sense to know its owner. And a donkey may be self-willed, but even it can find its way back to the feeding trough. But the Lord's people do not know him or where they can go to find spiritual nourishment. Alas, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a brood of evildoers, children who are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked to anger the Holy One of Israel. They have turned away backward. Alas, is a cry of woe. God is seeking to get the attention of the sinful nation. They are weighed down with iniquity a brood of evildoers and corruptors. They may have thought that they were progressing, but in fact, they were going backward. Isaiah calls God the Holy One of Israel. He uses this phrase 25 times in this book. Why should you be stricken again? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faints. From the sole of the foot, even to the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed or bound up or soothed with ointment. The nation had been beaten. God allowed their enemies to come against them because they had forsaken the way of the Lord. Now they were wounded and sick from the bottom of their feet to the top of their head but they hadn't understood or repented from their evil ways. So if they were stricken again, what good would it do? I cannot help but see the parallel with our own nation. September 11, 2001 was a wake-up call. Now for nearly two years, a global pandemic has taken millions of lives and upset economies, and we are still not out of the woods. But is there repentance? Is there acknowledgement that we have turned from God and his word and pursued our own ways? Is there confession that we have become lovers of self and lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God? I'm not seeing it. The body is sick and it isn't getting any better. The latest debacle is failure and humiliation in Afghanistan. God told his people that if they forsook him, then they would be humiliated before their enemies. Coincidence? I think not. Meanwhile, we continue to abort unwanted children and find ways to fund it with tax revenue. Our nation leads the charge in same-sex marriage and Pride Month. But God has called out such practices as abominations. The problem is we cannot flagrantly violate God's word with impunity. God judges nations that practice wickedness. We are a nation and a world that is in desperate need, but are we crying out to God for help? How much more must we be stricken? Verse 7, Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Strangers devour your land in your presence, and it is desolate as overthrown by strangers. So the daughter of Zion is left as a booth in a vineyard, as a hut in a garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city. Assuming that Isaiah spoke these words toward the end of King Uzziah's reign, things were still looking pretty good. The nation prospered under Uzziah because he sought the Lord. Nevertheless, the people's hearts were not fully committed to God. And while they were prosperous materially, spiritually, 
they were desolate. Isaiah said that the daughter of Zion was left as a booth in a vineyard. Now, in this context, the daughter of Zion is an endearing term for the people of Jerusalem. During the harvest season, they would construct a booth or shelter in the vineyard where they could stay until the end of the harvest. But then they would abandon it. Now God said, your entire land has become this way. Isaiah was peering into the future to see the desolation of Judah and Jerusalem. It's important to understand that at the time, everything seemed fine, but soon they would be a besieged city, lacking essential resources and doomed to destruction. Unless the Lord of hosts had left to us a very small remnant, we would have become like Sodom. We would have been made like Gomorrah. Comparing Jerusalem to Sodom and Gomorrah must have shocked Isaiah's listeners because God destroyed those cities with fire from heaven. But Isaiah was saying that the only thing keeping them from the same fate was a very small remnant of faithful Jews. Perhaps you've heard the Billy Graham quote, If God doesn't soon bring judgment upon America, he'll have to go back and apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Why hasn't God brought the same judgment to America that he brought to those wicked cities? I believe that it is because of the righteous remnant. I believe our only hope lies in the way of spiritual renewal. May God have mercy upon us and pour out his spirit upon our nation, leading to conviction of sin and genuine repentance. And may we humble ourselves and earnestly seek the Lord for his forgiveness. Otherwise, we too may become like Sodom and Gomorrah. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the through to bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Tomorrow, we'll see where Isaiah continues speaking against Jerusalem. God is sick of their worship offered with bloodstained hands, but if they will repent, then they will be white as snow. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Isaiah on Simply the Bible.